Will this morning please turn to the 17th chapter of John. Don't know how many of you know about it. In my life it's been preached a lot. So I know about it. But maybe in some of yours and where you've been involved in churches and whatnot, maybe they didn't. But there is a very special thing called the 17th chapter of John. It's at the end of Jesus Christ's ministry. He's been down here about 33 years, three of them being a pastor, being a preacher, and an evangelist. And he sees the time is getting close for him to go back. And he's talking about us to his Father God. That's what the conversation's all about in the 17th chapter of John. He makes several points in this about special things. But there's one thing I want you to notice. If you've ever had any doubt before that your Jesus might love you, here's the proof of it today in what we'll read. This prayer is Jesus praying back to the Father. The Father sent him down here. He said his work is finished and he's on the way back. And he gives a lot of insight about what God's position is in this big relationship between us, that's you, and me, and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. There's a lot in there that we don't think enough about or maybe know enough about to thank God for having done for us. I'm going to kind of read it like a, like a story. I'm not going to slow down and, and try to blow up every verse. But there's some of them where it's, it seems to me to be necessary to do that because there may be some information in that verse for you that you haven't known about before. So we'll see what kind of a personal conversation Jesus and his Father the God of the heavens might have with each other after this great assignment that Jesus got given to him by coming to earth and ministering to people called us. Now I'd like to read you one thing in, 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 in chapter 16 in verse uh, 33, the last verse in the chapter. These things have I spoken unto you that in me, Jesus said. He's talk, the, the 16th chapter was about us. He's talking to us. But this one is when he turns around and talks to his father. I'm fixing to leave down here now. I'm coming back up there with you. And there's some things I want you to notice. 
These things I've spoken unto you, people, first, before I go into it, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I tell you something that the Holy Spirit has moved me to do, and it has changed every way I think about everything, I guess. But it seems like, number one, if there's anything more that I can do, I need to be told, because I can't come up with it myself. And the other thing, that it makes a better relationship with me and my Savior, Jesus, my friend, my oldest brother in the church. And his father, God. And he says, I've taken care of everything you'll have to worry about. So then he goes next. In chapter 17, I've got written right at the first of mine, right before I look at the first word in there, and I wrote there, it's time, with the exclamation point. It's time. Jesus is telling us it's time that I leave you and go back with the Father. I've already explained to you all about the Holy Spirit, how it can't come until I go, so y'all are going to really have a, a, a good situation. When I'm gone and sitting on the right hand of God in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is down here with you. That'll be a better deal than me being down here with you. And I thought about that a lot of times, because Jesus said that himself. But I think what he was meaning was that I can only be, Jesus said, at one place at one time. If I've got to leave this place and immediately be 28 miles down the road, I've got to disappear and appear down there a second later. And the Holy Spirit can be all places at one time. He can be dealing with a, a million jobs where really and truly I can only be dealing with the people who are in my hearing. So we've got that. It's time. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hours come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Now remember, before Jesus was sent to earth as a child to be born as baby Jesus, he was in heaven, he was the Son of God, and God and he apparently glorified each other. And he said, I'm fixing to come back to that place. That the Son also may glorify you in the way that I glorify you. And he was the only one that could do that. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that's over everybody, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And you see those two, they've got different roles. Don't get them mixed up. 
God is a father and the big boss. And Jesus is his son and has been given charge of all of us. Everything on this earth that has flesh. That you're the only true God and that I was sent here on earth by you. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. There's something that has intrigued me about that verse for 40, 50 years. And I've got a big black gel pen circle around that little word, M-E. Look at what it says here. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Jesus had a mission. Wasn't like anybody else's mission. It's not like mine. It's not like yours. But I'll tell you what. When I get at this point right here and I'm ready to go, I'm going to be able to look back and say, Father, I have finished the work you gave me to do. That is a very personal direction. And when I learned that, I learned that God does not want us all just alike. He doesn't want us thinking alike. He doesn't want us dressing alike. He doesn't want us talking alike because he created every single one of us differently. So the church is no place to build clones. It's a place to make Christians. And you don't look to be like anybody else because there's no safety in that. I can't change my demeanor, my looks, or anything to be like yours and be any safer than I am looking like me. I can't. And that's not the God, God, job that God gave us. But I have finished the work, God, which you gave me to do. Because that's the only way I can go if I understand the old song. What was it about they left here one by one as their work was done? Gone home. They are gone home. And that is essentially what the word says. When you get ready to go, it'll be because you have finished what you have set out here to do, whatever it was. I hope you knew what it was because it helps in the situation if you do. And now, O oh Father, glorify thy me. I haven't had any glory down here much, Lord, but it's time now that you lift me up a little bit with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Before you created the world, or you had me create the world, you were here, and I was here, and we were running together, and there wasn't no such thing as the world. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. That word men is women too. Thine they were. He's telling his father, God, they were yours. 
and thou gavest them to me. Now they're mine, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. I've told them every one that everything I got, it came from you. I'm not trying to blow my own horn at all. Everything that you gave me to do came from you. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst sent me. See, that's something pretty important. One thing is one feller mocking another one. The other thing is he's mocking the other one because the other one sent him. Now you don't get any better reliability in God's word than listening to Jesus. He's the one that explains it all to us from one end of this book to the other. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. That was a that was a a single light coming on for me years and years ago. Jesus this point right here is not praying for the world. He says plain he's not. I pray for them. Who is that? That's us. That's the born again believers in this world. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. The ones you gave me, Father, belong to you to start with. So I can't crow anything about them being mine. They're now mine. They're, 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 they're members of the church. And they belong to me now, but they belong to you to start with like everybody else did. And all mine are mine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Because you let me be the one to save them, then I got glory from them being saved, just like everybody else. And I am no more in the world. I'm on the way out. You know that. You planned what day it would be. You knew I was coming. I'm just telling you. But these are in the world and I come to thee. So they're going to still be here. You and I are going to still be here. But Jesus is gone. I am come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Now that is another very particular point he's making here. Jesus is praying in this prayer back to his Father that we, the ones who are saved, the ones who believe, the ones who are trying to do what God wants us to do through Jesus, but we may not be doing it all because of our beliefs. But he wants us to be as he and Jesus, he and God are as we are, he said. 
He wants us to believe. He wants all of his people to believe alike. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in, my, in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. That's Judas. Judas is the only one he lost, and that was to fulfill scripture. That was written before any of this ever happened. That was already in the, in the, in the, in the, 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 the scene. And now cometh I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Now see, Jesus was the Son of God. That could claim a lot of joy. <laughs> if you hadn't thought about that, think about it for a minute. If you were Jesus, that would bring you a lot of joy. But yet he was called a man of sorrows. Why? Because he had to give a lot of bad news to a lot of people. And that made him sorrowful because he had to. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. That's us, folks. Because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Once you believe in the salvation of Jesus Christ and become a Christian, you are no longer of this world. It's like your place of birth in this world maybe has been stretched out to where it's hard to read. But you're not of this world. You belong as a citizen to heaven at that point. And your citizenship papers are written down in heaven. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world. See, he's making another point here and he's fixing to get to it. But he says something first. I wouldn't have you take them out of the world. but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. Have you realized that you have to be kept from the evil one? That it's our natural attraction to Satan that draws us to him? As we're walking down the street, we stop and look at the store windows that's got the worldly things in them. That's something else I started a while ago. It just flew away. The idea did. But I am beginning to look at everything now that I see. Everything that com comes in contact with me, if it's what somebody says or what somebody does or how they think or anything else. I try to divide everything. Is it worldly? Is it worldly? Is it of the world? Or is it of Jesus? That is the only two things down here on the face of this earth. Amen. 
the things that belong to Jesus and the things that belong to the world. That's it. And I've learned since I've started doing that, there's a whole th- a lot of things that I used to make a, a comment about, good or bad, that I don't even bother to comment about it anymore. It's of the world. It's not even going to be here. At some point in time, it's leaving. And it's not going to have any effect on you at all. So what's the point in getting upset about anything? Sure does like make life more, more comfortable. But you just said it, they got more joy. How can you have joy unless you're comfortable? You stick a barbed wire someplace on you that's sensitive and see if you don't get uncomfortable real quick. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. It's like me. I look at myself in this, and I'm walking along, and it's not that I see Satan up yonder, and I'll veer off of the street to keep from walking by him. It's not that. It's that when I get there, I stop and look in the window. And God is trying to keep that from happening. We got this idea that Satan ever, doesn't ever bother us to he chases us down and grabs us with something or throws a temptation in front of us or something like that. And he does those things. He does everything. He's got a side to this war too. But I'm going to tell you something. People, Jesus people, you got a side in you that pulls yourself towards sin. Now you have. And we have to deal with it. But praise God, there's at some point that Satan quits coming to bother you because he can't make any success out of it. Because you're not paying any attention to him. You have learned to quit paying attention to Satan and the world. That would be good. First John. Chapter 5 and verse 18. That would be good. It happens to us. It really does. We can overcome Satan. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through my truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. That's you and me. You've been sent into the world to do whatever your work is here for you to complete. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may also be sanctified through the truth. Jesus says, I'm cleaning up myself, giving a good example so they can clean themselves up by watching me. You won't get that kind of sanctification anywhere else because Jesus was the only one on the face of the earth that he began to live like that. 
Neither pray I for the Christians alone. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. He's praying back in the garden for the people who are saved today that were told by those people going back to when he when they were saved. So he's even praying ahead for those that are witness to. You're offering Christ to a person. Jesus has already covered that with the Holy Spirit. That they all, verse 21, may be one as thou, Father, art in me. God, you didn't have to put up with me giving anybody anything that wasn't you. You never had to worry about that with me. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. You see, the glory he's calling here, the glory that he gave Jesus, and he gave us, that we might give it to Jesus the glory, and then Jesus might give it to God. You know what that is? It's the Word. You know the Word. Jesus knows the Word. God knows the Word. We're all one. We all know the same Word. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one with the Word. You're being made perfect with the Bible's words that are causing you to change your way of doing and believe a different way. What did Jesus say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's coming close. And it did. He was preaching just in days after that. That thou might be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now see, there's something there that bothers me. It bothers me a great deal. Here's Jesus. Everybody who has anything to Jesus is trying to follow Jesus, right? Anybody that goes to church trying to follow Jesus, right? Well, you know, to some extent, because they all claim that. That they may be one even as you and I, God, are one. We're just alike. We think alike. We believe the same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. What when you break the atmosphere of the world and start walking around down here, what do you got? You got a bunch of Baptists over here and a bunch of Methodists over here. And they fight and hand cloth and toenail. 
and you got different denominations, and you got different whole religions, and you got different ideas of God, and you got different, 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 and every bit of that word different is what he's praying for right here. Jesus says, I want you guys just like me because I'm just like the Father. And it looks like to me, between me and the Father and you, we could get it right. If thou, that they may be made perfect in one, in me, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Straight out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. He's asking for something else. That they may behold my glory. They can see what glory I've got that I had. Which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. You loved me before you loved anybody else. I want them to see that. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. You see the tone he's speaking here? The world really doesn't know God. But Jesus does, and he's the only one that does. But now you can listen to Jesus and his emulate as much of that as you can and be as just like God as much as you can. But inevitably you'll probably wind up more like Jesus than you did God because at least you can see what he's doing. But I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. So they're assuming that I'm just like you, Father. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now look at that, folks. Jesus in, in one verse, you might say, is trying to show all of us how that God and Jesus and the individual person, you, whoever that is, all needs to be one. All needs to be one. Do I think God is disgusted at all these denominations? Yes, I do. I think that all of them have their problems. And I think the world would be better off if we didn't have but one denomination or whatever you call it. At one time there in Acts, the book of Acts, there was one. You remember the church at Tower Thyre? The church at effort. Ephesus, the church at Thessalonica. Now, that's the reason we decided to name this church the church at Briarfield. Because you see, according to this scripture right here and what Jesus said, every church that exists is supposed to be one with that name. I can remember the four of us leaders standing out front 
and saying, well, what kind of name are we going to put on the front of this? Well, are we going to be Baptists? Somebody said, well, if we're Baptists, is somebody going to drive down the street and say, I can't go to that church because I'm not a Baptist? Well, what about Methodists? Is somebody going to say, I can't go to that church because I'm not a Methodist? Well, we can just be independent. Well, how independent are we if as soon as we form a church, I did one of those one time, and everybody voted to join an association over in Mississippi? <laughs> no, we're not independent. You can say whatever you want to. And you can say you're fundamental Baptist. I've seen that on the front of a church that I was a member of one time. And I have seen them disregard the scriptures. The very people that say we're going to form this church because of the inerrancy of the word of God, it doesn't change and every bit of it's true. But I don't believe this part. So what? did we come up with? The church at Briarfield. I never thought about it until Anthony came in one day and said, you know it's funny about the church at Briarfield. I said, what's that? He said, well, you know, that was the name of all the churches in Acts. There wasn't no Shiloh or Blessed Hope or whatever it is. They were all the, the church at Briarfield, the church at Montevallo, the church, you name it, because they were all the same. They were made up of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, and us, individually, one at a time. And that's what we're supposed to be. I hope out of this one chapter that if you haven't, maybe you can feel the love that God has expressed for each one of us as our believers in this deal. We've been dealing with all those demons and, and all that, the enemy and everything about the enemy till everybody's sick of it. But I'm telling you, There's not much to be said in this, this verse right here, this chapter right here about the enemy. There's two places. And we know he's there. But I think we need to know a lot more about what he does while he's there than what we've been knowing. But I'm going to tell you this. It's a good feeling about Jesus because Jesus says nice things. Yes, he does. It's a good feeling. Because Jesus is a God of love. Yes, he is. And you know he loves you too. He's proven that to you. And we've got that love. We've got more love out of Jesus than we ever had out of anything else in our whole life. But I hope today that we could see that what he's really talking about 
is when we all get to believe a lie. Whatever that is. Because it's right here. It's right here. Let's pray. Father, the only thing I can say is just what Jesus said. Please make Jesus like God. Please make the Holy Spirit listen to Jesus. And please make us like God. And Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. That we all might be one. That we may understand what God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is trying to do here with us. Like Jesus told us. For this cause I came, that I might bear witness unto the truth, because the people of truth hear my voice. That's who we want to be. Because there's somebody out there who's not listening to the truth because they're not going that way. So Lord, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us every time we look the wrong way. Forgive us every time we are attracted to the things of the world and to Satan because that's the things he uses, the world, to try to pull us away from our God. Keep us away from the evil one. Keep us away from the evil one. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.